Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. But anyway, this morning we're going to look at Christ-centered families. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. That's one of the places we're going to be this morning. Most of you would agree with this statement. Our families are under attack today. Now, our families are under attack from top to bottom today. From the, the family that stays together to, to those things which the world tries to pull away and tell people and distract people with. There are things all over the internet that, that pull men in and women in. There are things and uh, relationships and all these other things that engage the family in that way. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is that that centered, Christ-centered family starts with a definition of success. So how can you and I measure success in our families? Now, if you look at our society, they say, you know, good jobs, possibly college degrees, good person, athlete, sports, all kind of things. We measure success in those kind of ways in most families today. So our measurement of success lies around that. But what if you and I are able to accomplish all of those things? Uh, a warning comes to us from Matthew 16, 26. It says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There are often things that people pursue in their families that are not edifying of the spirit. There are a lot of things which we put on a pedestal as more important than following God in our day-to-day -day lives. And we often think the repercussions of that they're not going to be much or if anything at all, but they set a pattern. If you can know during my lifetime, I've seen the family, mom, dad, kids come to church. Then I've seen mom and dad and kids come to church. And then I've seen just mom come to church. And then I've seen kids come to church without mom and dad that drop off sort of thing, which was big during my time. And then I see mom coming to church but a lot of times dad's missing. And so whenever dad, whenever mom, whenever parents make an emphasis to come to church, it leaves a lasting impression on those kids. It leaves a lasting impression, not just that we need to be in church, but that we need to be in church. We need to be plugged in, but also even at home. It's important that we families, parents, we do what? We take our Bibles and we demonstrate what it looks like to dig into God's Word. We ask questions of our kids more than just, did you have a good day? How was school? What do we got for homework? You begin to ask, what's God doing in your life? How's God teaching you? What can we draw from some of the things that we're doing? And praying and having that emphasis. It's hard to get everything done as families that we need to do. And we have to be intentional in everything that we do. So the measure this morning of success that I want us to work with 
is to lead one's family in being Christ-centered in all endeavors. So, as I was doing a little bit more research in this, the compellingtruth.org said this, success is the obedience to God, empowered by the Spirit of God, motivated by the love for God, and directed towards the advancement of the kingdom of God. It begins with obeying God's command to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. When a person receives Jesus Christ, they also receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit empowers and enables believers to obey the teachings and commands of Christ. This obedience is motivated by our newly implanted love for God. Whereas before we knew Christ, we were alienated from God and without hope in the world. After we receive Christ, we are reconciled to God and desire to love him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. So everything has changed. So the true success is about believing, loving, and obeying God. We look more to what is the eternal than the temporary. If you're a student of the Bible, you look back through the Bible, you see that whenever the home was infiltrated by God, it was usually the man who brought that back to the home and the entire home was changed. That means that if parents are believers and they are serious and intentional and investing in God's word, then it's going to change the home. It's going to change the climate of the home. And as we are transformed, we have a calling to share the good news with others. The Bible says it in this way that we are called to be light and salt to the world and the aroma of Christ. So in this passage today, Proverbs 22, 6, the Bible says the words talking about training up a child. So we're going to look in these moments we have ahead of us what that really means. So let's look at that passage, Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. How many of us remember things that we learned from our parents growing up? A lot of us remember how to do certain things, certain tasks, certain chores, and we can remember it as if it just happened. And we can actually go through the motions of what we learned and teach somebody else to do it. Many of us think about all the things we had to do. One of those things that was passed down through the ages in my family, albeit I'm not as good as they were, is woodworking. So my grandfather had woodworking in his shop. My dad does woodworking, I do woodworking, and he does woodworking too. So it's something that passed through the ages. But what about our faith? Is that not something that can pass through the ages of, as well? I remember my great-grandmother, she would seemingly have a story from God's Word, a scripture, a passage, a prayer, something at every turn. If I would come to her for advice, she would have something that was wise, that was on point, and that would speak that truth as well. I remember my grandfather, her son, he would have a Bible that was wore out. The pages were highlighted, tucked back in. It was a thick Bible. And I'm telling you, stuff was written on the outsides of it from his spiritual journey. Well, where did that leave? That left a lasting impression on my dad. That lasting impression on my dad is what got me in church along with my mom. And that led to me being where I am today. And that led to me. And the same thing goes down in our family. We train a child more than just 
how to do things in this world. We train children how to know Christ. At the appropriate time, they become believers in Christ. And as they become believers in Christ, as we saw this morning, they are baptized. And as they are baptized, they start a journey in life that still needs us to come alongside them and coach them and tell them how to read the Bible and show them and demonstrate how to pray and demonstrate what it means to tell the good news and, and demonstrate all of those things. So we see in this passage, it's about raising children, but children growing up in a environment that models God's truth and where they're encouraged to live according to God's order. And we know when they are encouraged early on and they accept Christ early on, they're more likely to stick with church as they go through life. It needs to be something that they continually grow in or else when they go off to school or get a job, they find no relevance in the church. So we see the importance of making that known and helping them grow and being involved as parents. We encourage a lot of things. We encourage sports, we encourage school, we encourage all of these things, and they're good in and of themselves. But we need to encourage coming to God's house, being involved in God's work, serving others, helping others, taking them and letting them be involved in things like God's warehouse, food banks, things when we go serve at Casual Kitchen, the things that are around that you get involved in. Those things are important because they teach our kids that the world is more than just about us. It's about God's kingdom and what we ought to do. So we look at Proverbs chapter 22 and it's God and it's Solomon. The conclusion we draw from Proverbs chapter 22 is this, that those who walk humbly with God in obedience to the commands of his words and in submission to the disposals of his providence shall find true riches, honor and comfort and long life in this world and then eternal life at last. So there's a point behind what we do as the family in our centering around Christ and our family and pointing our families to him. And many of our families have eroded over time. And a lot of times when I'm counseling families or counseling mom and dad and helping them understand their role in the home, I always like to do a triangle because in a triangle shape, we understand that it's us, it's mom, it's dad, and it's God in there. And when we look at mom and dad and God in that relationship, then we understand when one of those with God gets out of kilter, it affects mom and dad in their relationship with each other, doesn't it? When we're not focused on the godly things, when we're not praying with each other, when we're not going through God's word with each other, when we're not pointing our family to God, then it gets messed up in that relationship. And I often think it's the, it's the viewpoint of not just us, but it's our view of God that causes so many families to go off course. In here, we've got to pursue with intentionality. So what are some other passages we can do or we can look at that illustrate this very same thing? Well, if you're one of those that takes notes, here's some notes for you. Here's some passages to jot down to go back and really look at a little bit further. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says this. It says, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and to talk of them 
when you sit down at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to the father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So kids, whenever mom and dad are leading you in the Lord and telling you all of these things which you need to know about growing in your faith, about praying, about loving other people, about doing the right thing, all of those things, then listen to them, right? When I was growing up, it was yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, I rarely said no, sir, no, ma'am. But, you know, uh, but uh, I think I said it a few times. But when you think about the things of God, those lasting impressions come with mom and dad, right? Because you can say, well, well, they come to church, right? Isn't that good enough? How many hours do we get them at church? Think about that. Even with GAs, RAs, mission friends, Wednesday night, discipleship events, and everything else. It's minimal, right? How many hours do you have them at home to influence them in the ways of the Lord, to help them grow in the name of Jesus Christ, and to show them a better way than what this world is providing them? And if you don't believe that the world's instructing our kids on how they ought to believe and what they ought to live like and what they ought to do, then just ask what they find acceptable and true. And it might shock you a little bit. What is being taught among friends as okay or in schools as okay? So let's look at some things of ways we can apply this this morning. I think we can have a new definition of success in our lives, can't we? Success. And we can move from where we have been to where God intends for us to be. To train a child, to make a child into who God wants them to be is not an easy endeavor, right? If you've ever tried to get a child to do something they don't want to do, what happens? They become instantly from 70 pounds to 300 pounds in one like, right? Or if you tell a child something they don't want to do, it's like, you know, there's, there's, it's not computing, it's not making it there. But diligently demonstrating the right way to do it, telling them over and over again, and bringing them to church and showing them how to do something, rather than just telling them how to do something, demonstrates to them something that will click back in their mind and heart, whether they tell you that right then or not, right? Because we've noticed, even in our church, that kids are listening when we don't think they are, right? That they're paying attention to our actions and our reactions, even when we don't think they are and it's important in how we live so success is pursuing after the godly even when it's difficult or hard to do there's also time to change and forge new paths in our families some of us say well i've made more mistakes than i've made right choices and i haven't led my child or children or my wife my spouse to do the things that are godly. I haven't prayed. We haven't spent time on our knees talking to God. We haven't went through the Bible ever. We haven't studied together ever. 
I need to make sure that my kids know Jesus before it's everlasting too late. So the first manner that parents can do this is to repent before God. What does it mean to repent? Repent is turning away from whatever we were acting on, the sin that we were in, and starting a new direction. Meaning that we ask for forgiveness and we leave that place and we don't come back. We make a promise and a pledge to God that we're going to do all that He has called us to do and we ask for forgiveness from that matter and we leave it behind. We turn from there. So the first thing that we can do is to repent before God. That's the first step. And a lot of kids would say, well, isn't that asking for forgiveness and saying I'm sorry? Yeah, but I think it's a directional change. It's not just asking for forgiveness and saying I'm sorry. It's moving in a different direction. It's changing our actions and reactions. Secondly, the second manner is pledging to live a Christ-centered family life with measures like accountability, openness, and transparency. In other words, mom and dad, we've got to be honest and open with our kids as much as we can. We've got to keep them accountable to the things of God. And we've got to do the very same thing. Meaning that we've got to make sure our kids know how to pray. We've got to make sure our kids know how to serve. We've got to make sure our kids know what scripture is and how to find those things. So that at some point in life when they have to use it the most or when they need it the most, they have that background to fall on. And they're able to tell others about Jesus. And they're able to lead others towards Jesus. And they're able to love others when everybody is loving themselves, right? And the mixed messages they get when they go to college are not what you get here in the church. There are others that are trying to tell them about ways of belief that are not biblical, that are not godly, that have nothing to do with him. And they might be swayed if they are not grounded in God's word. The third thing we can do if we want to change or forge new paths in our families, pray for other families because the devil is on attack mode and the family structure appears to be the target. Folks, I'll bring it back to where we were in the beginning. I believe our families are under attack today. But I believe there's something we can do about it. I believe we can be a generation who prays seeks God's will, seeks God's word greater than ever before. But we've got to take it with intentionality. We've got to do things with purpose. We've got to reset the idea of success not being accolades from work, from sports, to things we own. It's got to be around how we lead our families and how we love God and lead them to do the very same thing. So I've got a special uh, altar call this morning. The altar call this morning is for our families. For those that we might even have on our heart that we need to pray for. And if you're not one who normally prays for families, or maybe you, you're not married, you don't have a family, pray for God's leadership. Pray for God to work in your family. Pray for God to do something significant this year. Now we are in the month of March right now. It seems like we just had Christmas three days ago. So I know life is moving ever so fast. And the older I get, the more I realize that those moments are passing by faster and faster and faster and faster. 
But I want us to remember that we can have a heart for the families in our church community. And what we can do, and you've heard me say this before, what we can do when we can't do anything else is we can pray for one another. And so I'm going to invite you to come to the altar this morning to pray for the families of friendship, to pray for the families in your life, to pray for your family. And if this morning you need to repent from something that's going on in your life, that you've done in your families, so forth, then I invite you to do that as well. Because the way that we set new paths in life is coming to the Lord. And He will guide, He will govern, He will direct us to Christ-centeredness in our lives. Join me as I stand and pray, please. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray this morning, Father, that you lead us, that you govern and guide our hearts and minds, our every thought. Father God, we can give so many things away in this world. Father, we can get focused on a world like success. And Father, while we might get the accolades and praise of mankind, the recognitions and awards, it means nothing if you're not at the center of all of it, God. God, I would pray that our families would remember that they are under attack from all angles, from the schemes of the devil to the plans of mankind. And even on today, God, we're reminded in the news of all things going throughout the world. Father God, we know that we do have a choice. We do have a way. And that way is through Jesus Christ. So God, I pray that this morning we come to the altar pledging and asking God to do something mighty in our families. To draw us back together. To help us to, to grow. To help our kids with intentionality to grow in their knowledge and understanding. And when they become Christians, to help them walk in that new life. Father God, I just pray that we pray for our families in this community. We pray for our families in this church. We pray for our friends and so many going through hardships and hard times today. God, that we were reminded that we need to hold others up and lead them and bring them to the altar of Christ, even unto today. Father, we ask your forgiveness for the times which we have sinned and fell short of that mark in our lives. And God, I just pray from here on out, you lead us as you want us to go. It's in your mighty name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page, both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.